Hi, you're listening to the Dreamer in the Details podcast with me, Dylan Ferlano. I'm an entrepreneur, photographer, and your biggest cheerleader along this journey. I'll be here with some of my favorite bloggers, influencers, business owners, and more to help you dream bigger and get all of the details on how to make those dreams come true. Think of this as your personal invitation to our group chat. We're so excited to have you. So today on the podcast, we have Amanda from Amanda Authentically. She is a lifestyle and fashion blogger from Virginia. And Amanda is so sweet and so fun. She has all of the colorful, fun things that you want to see on your feed. She also is really thoughtful about what it's like to be both a micro influencer and a plus size blogger. So we get into that a little bit, and she just always brings a smile to my face. So I hope you enjoy listening to this interview with Amanda. So today on the podcast, we have Amanda. Amanda is a lifestyle and fashion blogger from Virginia. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started your blog and what the inspiration was behind it? Yeah, so I've had my blog for a little bit more than a year and a half now. We'll be coming up on the two-year anniversary in the beginning of August of when I launched. Um, When I was in college, I wrote for an online magazine, and I really used that as an outlet to kind of talk about anything and everything. I wrote about music, campus news, beauty, fashion, pretty much anything you can think of. But when I graduated, I kind of lost that ability to have this platform to speak about those things. Um, And I tried a few times in the past to make my own website, and it just hadn't worked out. So I ended up reaching out to my web designer, Lainey, who had designed a website for my friend, Natalie. And she ended up helping me with all of the branding, creating the website, and all of that stuff. And it's just been my outlet to talk about, you know, fashion, lifestyle, whatever happens to be on my brain that week that I want to talk about. So one thing I love about your content, Amanda, is that you are so consistent. I feel like you are do what I cannot do, right? Which is you always have things ready. You always have posts ready to go. And you're so organized when we do photo shoots together. So I want to make sure we delve into all of that. So can you talk first how you think about your blog content and planning that? And then we'll get into planning the photo shoot stuff. Yeah. So at the beginning of the month, I sit down um, and make a Google Doc with the every... So I post Thursdays at 7. So I list out all of the dates of all the Thursdays in the month. And I have kind of just a list of ideas that I go off of. When things pop into my head, I just add them to the list, take them off as I write them. I So I sit down and I kind of think, okay, what do I want to do this month? So each at the beginning of each season, I usually write like a guide of like activities and things to do. So like six things to do this spring in Virginia. So I want to make sure I get those out. Other than seasonal content, I also do more evergreen content as far as like here are my top seven places to shop as a size 18. So I just kind of have this master list that I go off of of any ideas that pop into my head. 
I've got a few tabs on my website for different um, content themes. So I've got life, beauty, fashion, body positivity, and self-love. So those are the topics that I focus on the most and try and come up with ideas having to do with that, with those niches specifically. So then how do you take those ideas and translate those into organizing your outfits, your accessories, any other props you might need to shoot the actual content that will go with the blog posts? So some of it is pulled from just archives that I have. And other times I do end up taking photos, which is why I try and be at least a week ahead of schedule. So I make sure that I have time to both write the piece and get any other content that might need to go with it. Um, so I do like to be ahead of schedule. I like to start writing at least a week in advance. I'd rather be a little bit more ahead than that just in case anything comes up because I have had weeks in the past where I'm behind schedule and I actually end up missing that week as far as the blog goes. And it's definitely something that I want to keep up with and keep consistent. So I think just planning in advance, working on things in advance, having content that's more evergreen pre-written that you can pull anytime in case you need to use is also really helpful. That's something I did a lot when I was writing for the magazine in college was having pre-written content that if there was a week where I was just too busy, I already had something ready to go. Um, and just thinking about, okay, what do I think, what's interesting to me and what's also going to be beneficial to someone reading it. Um, and I, you know, I always include lots of links if it's something having to do with like, you know, my, I just moved into a house. So I've been doing more home content, linking those items that I'm talking about, linking the stores that I'm mentioning and that kind of thing as well. So you and I met because we have done, I think a bunch of photo shoots together now. I've actually lost three now. Three now. Yeah. So yeah. We, we always have a lot of fun and we always get through a ton of outfits, I feel like. Yeah. So can you talk us through, for folks who that seems like an overwhelming struggle to plan and get through six or seven outfits in an hour photo shoot, can you talk through how you put those outfits together, kind of how you keep yourself organized and on track when we're working together so we get the most out of our time? So what I do first is I pick a location because I want to base my outfits off of that. So one of the photo shoots we did was at a place called the Barbersville Ruins, which I decided on because I just bought a silky dress and I wanted like a princess core vibe. And I also knew that there were more like natural places over there. Like there's a field of daffodils. There's a big open field with a fence. So kind of picturing what that location is going to look like in your mind I think really helps me decide on what outfits I want to bring. I think it's also a little bit easier for me outfit wise because I don't really wear pants. <laughs> um, I am a dress person. I always wear dresses. So that makes it slightly easier. But what I do is a couple days before I will pull about 10 outfits. I know I'm not going to bring all 10. I know they're not all going to work, which is why I pull 10. I put on whatever I want to wear underneath, which is usually going to be a strapless bra and a plain bodysuit to make changing 
easier. Just you're more covered up in case you're changing in public, something slips up. Um, and I try everything on with that because I know that, okay, well, this, I normally wear this with a bralette and not a push-up strapless bra. So is it going to fit correctly? So I try everything on a couple days beforehand and set everything aside to make sure that I don't wear it so it's clean, it's ready to go. Steam anything that needs to be steamed. And then I kind of lay the outfits out in the order of how I'm going to wear them. So how I do that is I pick whatever like the biggest, most obnoxious dress is that I'm going to wear. So my selkie that I wore for the Barbersville Ruin photo shoot, the big tool Hill House dress that I wore for our last photo shoot. Those are the ones I'm going to wear there because it's just easier to not have to worry about changing in and out of them once I get there. And then after that, I lay everything out in order so that I'm wearing all of the outfits that have the same shoes in order. So if I'm wearing sandals with two dresses, I'm going to put those two dresses next to each other. So I'm not changing in and out of shoes, especially with like buckles are really obnoxious to deal with when you're shooting. So it's easier to not have to have be doing that repeatedly, I think. And also the bodysuit underneath, which was a tip that I actually got from a couple other people who have been on the podcast has been really helpful. It just makes you feel a little bit more covered up, like you're wearing a swimsuit. And if people stare at you while you're sitting in the back of your car, you know, you deal with it. It's just, you know, part of being out in public wearing a big obnoxious dress and people are like, what's going on over there? Yes. The bodysuit I feel like has been a life-changing tip. I think that came from either Tinsay or Zena, one of the two. Um, yeah, super helpful. I, I can't imagine ever going back to not wearing it. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It seems simple once somebody says it, but like, it's just one of those things that nobody thinks of. Yeah. And I also wanted to highlight what you said about trying on your clothes. For anybody who is listening to this, please try on your photo shoot clothes before you come to the shoot. I've seen too many people who, yeah, have the wrong bra on, the wrong underwear on for what they're wearing. They don't feel good in what they're wearing. And even if I think they look great, if you don't feel like you look great in your outfit, it's going to show in the photos. You're going to know. So, like, please, 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 everyone try on your clothes yeah. before the photo shoot, for sure. That's a great tip. So, Amanda, I... I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. So out of the like 10 or so that I would pull a couple days before, usually in an hour, Dylan and I can get through six to seven. That's what we've done in the past. I think we've done at least seven, six or seven at all of our photo shoots. So if you're really, you know, ready to go, you've got everything, you're changing quick, you can get through a lot. I mean, if I wanted to, I could probably get through even more, but I want to make sure that I'm getting enough photos in each outfit. So I think that that's kind of a good amount is around that six or seven mark, just to make it easier for yourself to make sure you're getting everything you want. You don't have too much, but you also have enough to get through that hour. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the six or seven mark is kind of like the magic number where we can get you guys a good variety of photos in each outfit, but still get through a lot of content. You start pushing too far past like seven in an hour. 
and you're really, you're getting like only a couple of photos per mm-hmm. outfit, which is fine depending on what people are going for and what they're going to do with the photos. Some people, they only need like one or two photos per outfit, but I, I agree with you. I think the six or seven mark is really kind of the magic number for an hour long yeah. photo shoot for sure. So speaking of the clothes that you bring, I know that you also work with some brands and mm-hmm. you're a micro influencer, which generally I think means under a thousand followers. So can you talk us through how you do that? Because I know that that can be a tricky spot to be in working with brands, but also being a micro influencer. I think for me, consistency is key. I, for the last two months, roughly, I've been posting almost every day and doing a combination of reels and carousel posts and static posts in my feed, um, which is not something I was doing before. I was posting maybe once a week, but I've seen such a big growth in follower count and engagement, looking at my insights, everything's gone up. And that was, I had a brand reach out to me the other day. And one thing that they mentioned was the consistency and the engagement that I'm getting when they reached out in their email. So I've done a combination of reaching out to brands, having brands reach out to me in ambassador programs. So I'm currently in the ambassador program for Ivy City Co., which I applied to about a year ago. I definitely, I did not have the following that I do now, but I think it was just the way that I pitched myself to them. You know, think about what your brand is and what is unique to you that you can bring to them. So for me, I think having the blog in addition to the social media is really beneficial. Being able to say, okay, well, I am making content as a plus size person one of the main things that i want to talk about is inclusive brands so that's kind of how i pitched myself to ivy when their application for ambassadors went live there are a lot of um brands out there that are doing ambassador programs and at the end of the day having the most followers doesn't necessarily matter to them they want someone who's going to reflect their brand really well And you can do that whether you have a few hundred followers or you have thousands. They want someone that really just matches with what they're trying to do. I also have a media kit, which my web designer helped me make, which matches the branding to my blog. Um, And so that just basically includes brands that I've worked with before, what my follower count is, some of like the insights of, okay, like this is where most of my followers are based is in the US. I have 90% female followers and those kinds of things that I use when I'm reaching out to brands myself. And then I've also had brands reach out to me. So making sure that you have your email that is the, the one that you're going to one that you're actually going to be checking um making sure that you have that linked on your Instagram account or somewhere on your website so brands can reach out to you is also really helpful. And always make sure that you check your junk email because I've had plenty of fake offers go to my junk, but I've also had legitimate emails from brands go to my junk email just because it's not a recognized email address. So make sure that you're also checking that because you never know when a brand might reach out to you and you might not see it. 
that's a great tip for sure. Um, so you were saying you post static photos, carousel roundups and reels, and you're seeing growth from all three of those. Yeah. I've, I think that reels specifically is something that I've only recently started to embrace. I was very kind of anti-video content, you know, because I was on Instagram back when it first started and I was, you know, like 13 posting my air quote photography on there. Um, and back when it had like a popular page instead of an explore page, I do think I have that nostalgia for old Instagram, but I genuinely have really been enjoying creating video content. I've been able to be really creative with it. And, you know, some things are only going to get about a hundred or 200 views, but I also have one that I posted recently that got over 30,000 views. So it's, you never really know with video content, what has the potential to perform really well. So I've just been kind of experimenting with different types of content and different, you know, video topics and just seeing what sticks. It definitely is a learning curve and you really just have to figure out what's going to work for you and your following and whatever niche you're in. Well, I'm relieved to hear that because I also miss old Instagram. So when you said static photos, I was like, great. That's I'm glad somebody else is doing that, that too, because so many folks are doing just video content, which is great for them, but it can be a big, a big lift. I feel like for some of us who, you know, kind of are doing all the things in our business, um, yeah. the video can be a lot. You also mentioned um, how you pitched yourself to Ivy talking about inclusivity and the influencer space. And I feel like there are still a lot of people who assume that being an influencer means you look a certain way, you're a certain size. Um, I think people also sometimes assume a certain like attitude that influencers have. And I know my experience has been the total opposite that influencers there, I work with a wide range of influencers who talk about a lot of different things, who are all the kindest, most supportive people, and I feel like you and have probably had a similar experience because I know we know some of the same people. Mm -hmm. But can you talk a little bit about what it's been like being an influencer and seeing how the industry has been changing? You know, I've created this kind of bubble, I feel, on Instagram where I'm seeing nothing but people who are really like body positive. I have a diverse feed, but I also have to recognize that that's not necessarily how real life is. You know, just the other day as we're recording this, two days ago was the Met Gala, which was in honor of Carl Lagerfeld, who was incredibly problematic, specifically made really fat phobic comments. And the theme of the gala was celebrating him, which I know has to do with what the upcoming exhibit, which is about him. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's someone we should be celebrating because of the things that he made. I made a joke the other day that I would have been his worst nightmare because I'm fat and love the color pink, which he historically hated on clothes. Um, so I think why, while the world is slowly making changes, we still have to recognize that we have a long way to go as far as that goes. So I think creating a space that is safe for people regardless 
is really important for me, you know, and I was so insecure for so long about myself. Like I look back and I don't, I hardly have any photos of myself from like high school because I would, I wouldn't take a photo by myself. I like, I didn't, cause I knew I wouldn't post it because I was so insecure. I only took photos with other people. The only photos I have by myself are from school dances. And I feel so bad for that person. And I want to make a space that she would have felt accepted in because growing up in the 2000s, thinking about the media that I saw, not, I wasn't necessarily consuming it. Like I was a child, but you know, you walk into the grocery store and you would see the tabloids with pictures on the front, making fun of women for having cellulite. And I, that obviously made a big impact on me and now being able to embrace who I am and not being afraid of, you know, words like fat or plus size you know, I just, I want to make a space that my younger self would have felt happy and accepted to be a part of. That's, wow. That's, that's, oh, I love that, Amanda. I think, and I really feel like you are doing that based on, you know, what I know of you and what I know of your content and what I know of the people that you surround yourself with kind of in this influencer world. I think a lot of you, you guys are really showing your younger selves what you would have needed to see so mm -hmm. i love to hear that and i and i think you're doing it i think you're killing it <laughs> so how do you keep up this consistency on the days where you don't feel like posting or maybe you don't feel like the best version of yourself because i know even for those of us who are confident and have really come a long way there are still days where it's just like oh i do not want to do this or i do not feel like my best self today yeah, I mean, I, I do not have a great day every day. I definitely still have bad body image days and things like that. Um, what I do is I schedule my content in advance. So I kind of just pick one day where a week, maybe two days a week where I'm feeling good and I'm feeling inspired and ready to make content where... I will record videos, take photos, do that kind of thing, and I'll schedule them about a week in advance. But I also do want to keep it real. And, you know, I do acknowledge that even on a day where I'm posting, I might not necessarily be in that same state of mind. And, you know, acknowledging that, like, real life and Instagram are two very different things but i think that you know it the consistency in posting is still something that's important to me and has really benefited me and i think that as i see my following continue to grow and my insights continue to go up it does motivate me more to continue making content that people will are enjoying and are going to want to consume yeah, no. And you definitely, you're, you're creating the content. I think that other people want to see and are inspiring other people. So can you tell everybody where they can find you? I don't think we've even said the name of your blog so far. So we're doing a great job. Um, well, my, website find you. Is, my website is amandaauthentically.com. That's where you can find all of my blog posts. I am also at amandaauthentically on Instagram and TikTok. So you can follow me there for more content and 
you know, feel free to talk to me anytime, send me a DM, anything like that. I'm always happy to chat with anyone. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for always being such a joy to work with and always so colorful and fun on my feed. I always know when I see you pop up that it's it's going to put a smile on my face. So I just really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I, I've listened to every episode of the podcast. So I'm very <laughs> honored to be on here. <laughs> I am honored that you listen. Every time we shoot together, you're like, I just listened to the podcast. And it always <laughs> gives me just such a spark of joy to know that every time I put out the podcast, I'm like, Amanda's definitely going to listen to this. <laughs> so I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Dreamer in the Details. We're so happy to have you with us. You can follow along with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you subscribe, you'll get all the new episodes sent directly to your feed. You can get in touch with me at Dylan in the Details on Instagram or DylanInTheDetails.com, which is my website. I'd love to hear your feedback and we hope to see you again next time.